0: Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun food and drink-focused podcast, and we are thrilled today to be sponsored by Cabo Del Mar. Enjoy world-class music from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Pink, Tom Petty, Muse, and many more, plus comedy, contemporary art, gourmet cuisine, and more. Get info and passes at caboodelmar.com. I am Aaron Chambers-Smith with San Diego Magazine, joined as always by Troy Johnson, our food critic.
1: Right, last week we had a cheese professor in here. And it was like it was really like having the Dalai Lama himself,
0: you know. And this week Harvard educated cheese professor.
1: I know. And this week I got Tommy Gomes.
0: Cheese.
1: Oh, <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Gomes is here. I'm really excited. Are you
0: kidding? This is like the biggest celebrity in San Diego food sitting at our table right now.
1: Well, And this guy is like three generations deep Portuguese slimy fisherman. He's seen everything here. I think he's 107 years old. <laughs> All right. So I'm excited to learn
2: everything.
0: You about don't look a day over 39. There.
2: It's in dog years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, yes, we do have um, the San Diego's very famous and beloved fishmonger Tommy Gomes with us today. We also have Archie Naram, as we always do. Archie is a food and travel editor and writer at the magazine. How's it going, Archie? She does all of, a lot of the work to produce this podcast. Too. Happy to do it. Yes, and of course, we have David Martin. David is the guy to call if you'd like to sponsor us. Um, we can take all of this equipment to your restaurant, to your festival, mm-hmm. to your bar. If you want us to do it live, we'll eat your food. Troy will like it live on air <laughs> as, we, as we eat it. Um, call David Martin or email him if you'd like to sponsor us to this podcast what up to Cammy down there who's learning and training
1: yeah give it a little shout out throwing it up in the air yes. nice
0: and Cammy actually listens to a lot of podcasts and she does give us a lot of pointers because I don't listen to podcasts yet we That's make good. them but I don't really
1: listen you to know podcasts. which one I listen to and I, I, I'll a shout out right now NPR is how I built this have you listened to that NPR? I think it's Guy Ross um Guy Ross who does all like he interviews the guy from Lyft who invented Lyft he interviews the guy Mm -hmm. who started Airbnb who thought his idea was really creepy and everybody else did Airbnb and look at it now. and look at it now I mean the guy from Atari um invented Chuck E. Cheese um and one of his first engineers offered him 10 was going to go start his own company and offered him 10% of the company to be his first investor that that engineer that started his own company was Steve Jobs what and and the guy guy from Atari turned him down it's like nah, I'm not gonna invest. What's company. this one called? It's called How I Built This. And on it's NPR? NPR. Yep. Okay. Fantastic.
0: I still can't get the podcast to come on my phone and play in the car. I haven't figured all the tech. You have out to use yet. a sticky note. Yeah. <laughs> like our, oh my god, that was so funny. Um, we'll tell you that story later on someday. Okay. In case you haven't listened to our podcast, what we do is give you restaurant news, openings and closings around town. We're going to talk to our special guest, special um, guest Tommy Gomes. They've got a lot of new stuff coming out of Catalina Offshore, some exciting news there. And then hopefully Tommy will hang around and join us for our Hot Topics segment where we just talk about sort of issues in the food world right now. And then we always end with small bites, our own personal recommendations of what we've been eating and drinking lately. And, and Tommy
1: can chime in about all of this restaurant stuff too. For sure. He knows everything because know, he's the fish guy. know. I know.
0: Um, and just quickly, don't feel like you have to write everything down as you're listening. Archana puts up a really detailed post with links at mm-hmm. SanDiegoMagazine.com about everything that we talk about. So let's take it away. What is the new open air urban event space in Mission Valley?
3: So it's in the Hotel Circle area. It's called Lot 8 and it's behind the old Alby's Inn. Alby's a- Inn. Can I just interject yes. there? Yes.
1: R.I.P. Somebody I play a bugle. Yeah.
2: A morning, a moment of silence, please. <laughs> okay. Please. Go. Yeah.
1: That was nice. (laughs) Honestly, that felt spiritual. That was about as long as I could let it go. I know
3: that. I think that's the longest you've ever been silent.
4: Oh, but so, Albie's,
1: so I do, I, everybody in San Diego misses Albie's. I mean, it was, one, it was just one of the most classic restaurants in the world. You know, septuagenarians just enjoying the last Twilights of their life, eating steak and dancing was and lovely. having cocktails. Well, in like the piano.
3: art, you know, it was kitchen, it was a whole thing. I know. Okay,
1: okay now let's get back on the news, okay. I guess.
3: Yeah. So this is going to be like an event space so people can rent it out. They can. There will be pop-up events, dinner series. Um, it has a whole sustainable feel. Like there's a cocktail bar that's made out of a repurposed horse trailer. Mm-hmm. And the food component behind it um, is run by Chef Nick Brune. am I saying? Chef right?
2: Nick Brune. Yeah. Eco Caterers. Mm-hmm.
3: Eco Caterers, yeah. yeah. And he used to do Hillcrest Local Habit. Mm-hmm. I actually
4: really like that. You
2: place. know what else he does? He feeds the San Diego Gulls, the LA Kings, the Anaheim Ducks, the Washington Capitals, Hawk, ho- all hockey. No way. Uh, yeah, he's an insanely talented chef mm-hmm. and very, very... Uh, Sustainable Sustainability Sustainable Consciousness Mm -hmm. Is very much aware In in what he does
1: So his That's a good To know Because there's Somebody called Eco-Caterers And you know You just always Don't ever want to hear Like Yeah well, well (laughs) <laughs> no, they buy a few things from Costco. Yeah, you know. um, but no, I love the it. the um, and that's a great thing for Mission Valley because Mission Valley sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, Mission Valley really. I mean, has well, and n-
0: retail's dying, and all it is is malls. So it's good that there's going to be some revamping. Yeah, so it looks really cool. So as go long down. How stays be- stays open?
1: <laughs> there is something about there is something about I swear. I, Make, know, I don't me, know what that is. Make me an uh, a, a, uh, a an onion volcano. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. I really don't. Well,
0: I just think it's changing the way it looks.
2: You know who you know who does an unbelievable barbecue in Mission Valley at the town and country at the convention center oh no oh yeah the master himself uh, Paul McCabe McCabe. that's right
1: Paul McCabe (laughs) is down at the town and country and he's doing barbecue down there and he's doing
2: oh yeah Paul
0: McCabe is at the town and country yeah
2: He's revamped it, remodeled it, doing the whole. Yeah, he is. Interesting. McCabe, doing some amazing things.
1: Paul McCabe is one of the best chefs that ever lived in San Diego. I mean, it was fantastic. Went out to Arizona, came back yeah. home. You know, but I, I really haven't followed him too much in the town and country because I understood it was going to be a three-year, like a long process of him overhauling
2: everything to get it all, you know, up speed. Is it up to speed? We we up to speed? To do a Should I go trend down? Trend report it, on the valley. It's still being revamped and remodeled, but he's up to speed, and he's he's Paul McCabe. He is Paul McCabe. Wow. Yeah, the guy can cook.
0: Okay, so that place, by the way, in Mission Valley is called Lot
3: Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Mia Francesca? They closed mm-hmm. Del Mars. Mia Francesca. Have you guys been?
1: Uh, I had been in Mia Francesca. It's um, the uh, proprietor is the same one that owns Devante. And um, oh, Ateca, yeah. his name is Scott, and I can't remember his last name. No, you got it. I forgot uh, yeah. about that place. his name is Scott. I mean, he won a James Beard Award for Restaurant Tour of the Year uh, I across the that. country. And the guys a really good restaurant tour. One of his out
3: was, of Chicago, right? Out of
1: Chicago, um, you know. But they just weren't weren't pulling it in. I don't know what's going to go in there, but it's closed.
3: Okay. I have, Patron- I, I have to say one Chicago piece of news that we didn't get to last time, which I'm really excited about, is that Potbelly's sandwiches are scouting locations in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I went to school in Chicago. Did you ever try Potbelly's, Troy no. when you were filming? Never in the Midwest. It. It's just it's like Quiznos, but that's like a really crude oh, comparison. Dang. It's like the warm toasted sandwiches and oh God, their shakes are amazing and their oatmeal chocolate chip cookies are amazing. And whenever I go back home to the East Coast or the Midwest, I just that I have it like three meals a day. Mm. Oh, there there could be five locations in San Diego. So they're scouting. So I just had to say that. Every, every
1: city's fast, casual. King concept is spreading across the country right now. Like Shake Shack, like
2: Crack Shack.
0: Why didn't Rubio's work?
2: Um, They tried
0: that, right? Didn't they go far? Yeah, I mean, hey. Because
2: it's the fish taco, and the fish taco, I mean, if you want to get into the whole history of the fish taco, I can tell you about that. Love it. But the fish taco is a Southern California thing, and you get.
0: People don't get it in Colorado. I never had one in San Diego. Not even in Florida. Florida's
2: Cuban food. Yeah, conch Mm -hmm. taco, maybe. Totally. (laughs) <laughs> totally <laughs> different
3: interesting okay um we got a couple more we'll run through them quick yeah here. well we were talking about crack shack actually so they're gonna be coming to La Jolla and Costa Mesa up in Orange County and they just mm-hmm. signed a lease in Pasadena wow. I mean that fast casual concept is just blowing up they opened in Encinitas recently this
1: is Richard Blaze and uh, Michael Rosen um, the little fried chicken joint that they opened up in front of Juniper and Ivy in Little Italy that concept is killing their I mean it's not actually the, the concept of Juniper and Ivy the high-end multi-million dollar concept is is what fueled Crack Shack, right? Because they had such success there, but your profit margins on high-end are so small, Crack Shack is making money hand over fist comparably to this flag- to the flagship restaurant. So they're opening these. The big news is that they're going into La Jolla. La Jolla, you are getting a Crack Shack. I don't think anybody's done this news yet, and in fact, I was told actually not, really? to, not even to mention it. Um, so, and there it is. And Wait, there it you is. You sent it
3: to me. And, and I did. You said AM do with it what rules. you want. Do with it what you want. <laughs> and I did. I was uh, a little <laughs> well,
1: whatever, birdie flew in my my window and said we are go. They are going into um, La Jolla. My
0: so. sister's in law in North County are obsessed with the other. What's the one that opened in Encinitas, right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're I mean, people are freaking out over that one. So. And,
1: and here's the other one. I'm. Look, I'm they're looking
0: at each other. Our guests like, don't ever tell Troy anything, and tell him not to say anything. <laughs> look, now they're never going to give you any. No, news. no.
1: Okay. I will. I will tell you this. I, I had permission from somebody that was relatively close, and they were like, oh, "Look, I just don't do not never name your source, but that's what's happening." Awesome. Um. So the uh. And the other one I'm excited about and is narrowed is where they,
2: it down to three people. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Tommy I love it
1: Okay Edit Tommy's button Okay um, the, uh, <laughs> the one I like Is Wings in North Park Is really gonna become An adult Chucky. E. You've Cheese. always
3: wanted this This,
1: this is what this is I is
0: you know, That I'm used to be Back in the day I know I did a little History lesson last podcast But that used to be J.C. Penney's they could, yes. Really? Yes. In like the 50s I'm telling you It was like where you went It was like the main drag Of downtown San It was like the thing that was the JCPenney, oh. like where you bought your shoes.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to yes. tell me that JCPenney started out as an adult Chuck E.
0: Cheese. No, <laughs> <laughs> so that building in North Park. OK, gotcha. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, that that we basically going to create like, you know, a huge adult playground in that place. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. And I want a place for um, parents, you know, because I have a five year old daughter. I want a place that actually has good, you know, food where and like a nice middle space where the kids can run out all their energy and, you know, play and everything else. Chuck E. Cheese, God bless their souls. is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit outdated. It's a little bit, you know, Ooh, gunky. Yeah. I mean, the food is obviously subpar, um, if not just epicacable, yeah. um, you know, and, <laughs> and, and it's, it's just awful, right? So, I mean, I really wanted something where I can take a five-year-old daughter and she can get some exercise and I can get some quinoa, you know, or I can get, you know, some kind of
0: green, yeah. some kind of. Like, or a piece of fish. A
1: piece of fish, you know.
0: Okay, yeah. so do we know yeah. what this adult Chuck E. Cheese is going to be called? Nope. Nope, not yet.
1: We know nothing about it. All I know is that somebody said that's what they're going to do in that spot.
0: Okay, yep. so take could, that with a grain of... Could be uh, total <laughs> rumor. <laughs> yeah, that's good to know. Okay, and then Great Maple and Hash House are opening a couple of new spots. And then also it looks like Tacos El Gordo. Ooh, this is a good one. Yeah,
3: we mentioned in the last podcast that there's going to be a lot of more Mexican coming to downtown. So Tacos El Gordo, which oh, yeah. has locations in Chula Vista and Las Vegas. And Tacos El Frank, which is actually Tijuana only. A big, big favorite taco spot mm-hmm. in Tijuana. They're both coming downtown this summer. And for Tacos El Gordo, it maybe even in the next month. Ooh, wow. Are they similar, like, street tacos? It's street tacos, Elfranc? like mm-hmm. t- Ooh, TJ's like street tacos. tacos. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, like, I'm happy because now I can get lunch there. And Tacos
1: El Frank. I mean, like you they're said. They're legit. Legit. And everyone who goes down to TJ is like, yeah. oh, my God, mm-hmm. Tacos El Frank. And mm-hmm.
0: now you can just go to F and whatever. I
1: know. So now downtown is going to have this, like, fast, casual, and upscale Mexican, um, you know, Mexican renaissance, which surprises me because upscale Mexican has not worked in San Diego. it's the oh, upscale yeah. you're, so Mexican? Because we're all cheap bastards.
3: Patron Corner um, is going to take over the former Lucky Lou space downtown, and that's the founder of Karina's Mexican Seafood, and mm. that's high end Mexican.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, I, I I hope he makes it work. I hope somebody who makes has it work.
3: ever made that work. No
1: one has made you know <laughs> high end Mexican work. Why
2: not, Tommy? Because San Diego's got you know Robertos on every corner, like 7-Elevens, mm-hmm. and there's just Mexican food all over this city, and really uh, in the barrio alone. That's where you want to go for real Mexican food. I Did you know. know that there's a lady with a f- I'm not going to give the location. I will off microphone, but there's a lady in the barrio that has a food truck in her backyard up on blocks plumbed into her house, no tires, and there's a line down the alley oh my to God. eat her food. I've heard I'm
3: going to go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on Sundays really?
2: there's a whole goat on a what? spigot with her okay, kid. Okay, everybody listening, and a mop. you're jealous. That that he's going to give us a
0: map as soon as we turn on a- these exactly. microphones. Exactly. I'm going. I'm hey, going. Tommy, your right microphone's right
2: off. <laughs> yeah. Tell Rita I'm out the rest the, of the day. Um,
1: it, here's, it, I will say this about the barrio. What do you do every Monday morning? Is it every Monday?
2: Every Monday, yeah. We have, a, we have breakfast at Los Cuatro's Milpas. It's an open roll call. Um, every Monday morning at 8.30. there You never know who's going to show up. Oh,
0: God, now you're going to get random podcast fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
2: never know who's going to show up. What? So who,
0: we're talking to um, fishmonger Tommy Gomes. You are a native San Diegan, and your Portuguese family settled here in 1892. I'm sure that everybody listening to this podcast, these are food people in San Diego, so they probably already know who you are. But we're honored to have you with us.
2: Thanks. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Of course. Um, and so, yes, you, you do have this Monday morning taco roll call, where you and you always post, you say, I'm heading here for tacos.
1: Yeah. And you are the what what are you with Catalina Offshore except for the face of Catalina Offshore? Yeah. I know that somebody else started it and you took it over like thematically. I mean you just kinda railroaded I'm, that guy. I'm, I'm Neon. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> I'm the owner's pain in the butt. That's what I am.
0: Well, you're um, the guy, right? You're the guy everybody calls. You're the guy the chefs call. You're the guy that we call. You're the guy that goes to the it, stuff and serves the food yeah, and talks it, to the people. It
2: didn't start out that way. I mean, I, I hired on a Catalina offshore. I mean, most people in the city know my story, you know. I crawled out of a hole of of addiction and alcoholism mm-hmm. and and I went to Catalina as a as a fish fillet and I was there and I was looking around and I was going, Man, this place has got so much potential and You know, dropped my fillet knife and went, I got stuff to do here, not this. And, moved forward with a bunch of projects that I had in mind and I think Dave Rudy was kind of like just hoping something would like royally screw up so he could fire me (laughs) and never hear from me again but things just kept going and going and going. Well you've got a YouTube
0: channel I personally finally learned how to cook a lobster the right way watching you on YouTube because we go out and catch lobsters and I always try to barbecue them and it never was good and then I watched your plastic fork thing on YouTube and I was like okay that's how I'm going to do it. The plastic
4: fork Yes. He
0: cooked a lobster with a plastic fork on an electric skillet, uh-huh. and I just went home and did the exact same thing, and it actually tasted good. I was like, "Oh, that's."
2: Do not use a regular fork. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't work. But the funny thing is about all that, and thank you, I appreciate that. Um The funny thing about that whole the whole thing is that we had no budget at all.
0: Well, yeah, you had a plastic fork. To we cook had the no, lobster.
2: no budget, and and. My friend Ken Gardone he has CDEC uh, C-deck over in Mission Bay, uh, Rebecca's husband. Him and I used to do these events throughout the city and Rebecca would be there with us and we would do guerrilla marketing like you wouldn't believe. And finally it just got to a point where, you know, I couldn't keep up and I didn't really know what I was doing on the, I mean, I'm not a professional mark. I mean, not, I'm not a professional anything. <laughs> but a professional marketer is You're certainly- a professional hustler. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we brought Rebecca on board, and that allowed us to focus more on other projects at Catalina and the whole food scene in San Diego and what's going on with our seafood. And
1: Now, give me a, 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 a brief history of Catalina Offshore. I mean, as I understand, Dave, your boss, uh, the name, I'm sorry, his name? Dave Rudy. Dave Rudy. Dave was an uni fisherman, correct?
2: Yeah, he was an uni diver uh, and... He hit it just right. He was diving for uni and sea lettuce off of Catalina Island. And he was catching it with, uh, he was catching it and him and his wife were processing it at night. And in the morning he would deliver it to the sushi bars. And then it was just one of those things where the uni, uh, in Japan, the, it just exploded and he was front and center and that's Mm -hmm. where it all started to fall in together. And then about 23 years ago, 25 years ago, he started bringing in, uh, Baja fish from uh, Ensenada and lower Baja with Dan Natras, who you know mm-hmm. as well, and uh, moved forward from there. And now we're, we're bringing in, we're bringing back uh, tuna from our US flag vessels, are now being offloaded here in San Diego.
1: Now, and explain to me the, the ethos. I mean, people hear about sustainable seafood and everything else and why it matters. I mean, you've been on this campaign for a while. What exactly does sustainable sea- seafood mean for you, and why does it matter?
2: So for me, it's the harvesting of good, healthy stocks in a manner which is non-destructive to the habitat Mm -hmm. with a minimal bycatch. And if there is a bycatch, we need to Market that bycatch.
0: What is bycatch? Uh,
2: a, a non-targeted species. Like if you're fishing for tuna and you catch Opa, we need to educate the okay. health benefits of the seven different kinds of meat in an Opa and all so of that this. So that's not wasted. Exactly. Right. Because for an American flag boat with an American crew registered out of the USA, whether that fish is worth five cents a pound or $5 a pound, you have got to bring it home. Mm-hmm. You got to bring it home. You can't kill it and throw it over the side. It's like shooting a deer and leaving it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know and that. And some
1: boats that aren't American flags and everything are just take, taking that bycatch and just throwing it and overboard.
2: Dumping it. So, oh. you know, for uh, I, I get a little teary eyed and I get extremely passionate about the American fishermen. Mm-hmm. Because as our food changes in this country and our population gets larger and larger, our planet is getting smaller.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: In this country, we no longer produce food. Mm-hmm. We manufacture it. Mm hmm. We manufacture our beef, our chickens, our pigs on big scales. The only real thing that we don't manufacture and that we have to go and produce is wild seafood. Mm -hmm. Over 90% of the seafood consumed in this country is imported by countries... With no rules or regulations, and out of that 90 percent, over 80 percent of that comes in not inspected by the FDA.
0: Yeah, I was going to say they don't have a USDA, they don't have an so FDA. So right. if lot you of buy
1: unnamed seafood from a grocery store that doesn't have yeah. a great reputation for buying good, good seafood, and Tommy showed me this one time, what the hell were you showing me again? He had a, a seafood, you know, he had a fish fillet from um, Catalina Offshore, which was it was a great fish. That's what they specialize in, sustainable great fish. You know, and then he had some one that was imported from, I think it was from the Mekong or something else, and there was this oil that came out of
0: yeah when you started cooking it
4: yeah yeah
2: and and if you go on my youtube channel and you see the uh, how to cook a scallop Uh Mm -hmm. i take a scallop from the usa and i take a scallop from a faraway land that's what it was was a scallop you're right and you can actually see the chemicals come out of the scallop and form a dome Uh, literally a dome over this scallop and it's like why are you feeding this to to you so the best analogy that I have on our food sources when is if you drive a okay for us if you Mm -hmm. drove a 2017 Corvette Stingray you're not putting cheap fuel in that car Mm -hmm. why are you putting cheap fuel in your body and your body's not running right you're fat lethargic not you personally
4: (laughs)
3: you're fat lethargic your health yeah your health is
2: deteriorating and that's what's happening to our kids we talk about uh fast casual on on a sense of fast foods you know and we're feeding our kids all these fast foods and everything and and it's changing our kids are changing you know we have more and more uh, health problems coming in and then we're pumping them full of pharmaceuticals and it's just a never and then cycle. they go through puberty at four and a half
1: you know I mean yeah I mean, yeah it's, it, it's not good so I mean okay now this is the big project that we brought you in for too Oh
0: yes well I we should note in case people listening don't know is that Catalina offshore you guys what's the ratio of the business breakdown between supplying restaurants and then the shop for regular people
2: well We're primarily a wholesale company. We sell to other distributors throughout the United States. We have a retail program where you can walk in and see the retail shop. that It's very I built.
0: cool if you've never gone and bought food there. It's I always do it for like special dinners. If you have someone come over, you can go yeah. buy a nice, beautiful a whole fish or a beautiful thing and you can walk into the shop.
1: And Tommy's got his own little Greg Brady bachelor yeah. pad over there when he cooks and <laughs> it's like that. his own
0: little set kind yeah. of. It's cool. Yeah. And it's like off Marina Boulevard and you really feel like you're going you are going direct to the source. It's a very neat experience in that you feel like you're you you don't feel like it. You are sort of part of the local food scene when you go and buy there but chefs call you too and you guys you know supply food to a lot of restaurants
2: yeah you know right when you walk into the door it says seafood educational nutritional center it doesn't say fish market and yeah. so we are now delivering to restaurants we started delivering uh couple of months ago up to Oceanside with those boys up there because that is a whole underground culinary Berlin. scene mm-hmm. going on, which yeah. you, they haven't even. It's a bergy bit just barely sitting on top of the ocean and the rest of the iceberg is underneath. What's going on up there is absolutely We've amazing. We've
0: had some of those guys on the show and yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on up there in and South
2: Oceanside. We're working our way south. Uh, from there. So yeah, we are del- starting to deliver to local restaurants and the local scene. And hopefully we, you know, I, I like to tell people, you know, Catalina offshore, we are the first stop from the dock. Make your plate the second. Our fish has no frequent flyer miles. We're <laughs> offloading <laughs> right here in San Diego. So it's kind of cool.
1: And, and San Diego, cool. if you don't know, used to be the tuna capital of the world. Or the U.S.? The world. The world. Mm-hmm. Now, give me a, a brief history of the of the t- tuna industry Well, here.
0: there's nothing brief about that. but okay. I, okay. Mean, but it I, okay, okay. It, I want it
1: in yeah, four sentences, you re- No.
2: Ready? Okay. They were all here right up until 1985 between San Pedro, San Diego, Ralston, Perina, A.J. Hines, Checkerboard Square, Bumblebee, Starkist, Top Wave, <laughs> C. Arnhold, Smith, Westgate. Everybody was here. We're the largest fishing fleet in the world. We were the best. We still are the best. There's only seven flags, seven U.S. flags fishing tuna per seining tuna around the world. Uh, 1985, Star Kiss closed. Why do I know that? Because I'm the one that turned the light off. Click. Time no. to go home.
0: Oh, that gives me chills. Yeah,
2: and then we were all pushed offshore, far, far away lands. Mm-hmm. 1968, I believe it was, Harold Medina and a couple other guys went to samoa and they deemed that the next frontier and that's where everybody went and there's still sp- countries over there fishing but for the u.s uh it's pretty much over with as far as tuna goes so we have long line boats coming in the fish they were fishing uh, more closer to the mainland than they were to hawaii so we got a hold of a couple of san diego skippers that were running the hawaiian boats and Dave Rudy talked him into coming to San Diego. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, What's a long line boat? Uh, it's one long line with a bunch of hooks, oh, okay. which is better, which than- is better than net fish. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay? It's,
1: it's a more sustainable way of like preserving the environment. And, it, it
2: has bycatch, but that bycatch is marketable. The opa, mm-hmm. the mongchong, the wahoo, so on and so <laughs> Instead forth. Instead
1: of just dredging the entire yeah.
4: ocean in a big giant yeah. net. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So. Uh, and so we bring that here and so back to your question about sustainability we offload here in san diego a san diego based boat now a san diego crew and that's pretty sustainable but the most amazing thing about what cattle offshore does is the fact that we buy the whole load
4: mm-hmm.
2: we don't go down there and say oh we just want this or oh. we just want that nice. dave goes down there and he buys the whole load of fish so and the then, fishermen can depend on that buy and they can depend on that if They're going to come
0: all the way over here Yeah, yeah. To drop off I'm Fascinating Okay so tell us about the canned tuna This is big time
2: So Tommy
1: Catalina's choice Is your face on it? Your face it? is kissing is it a really? fish Is really? I want to see it so, okay, so I've heard this Tommy uh, Tommy Camp.
0: We have to take credit for the kissing of the fish Can we take credit for that? That's yep. when I first met you. You kissed the fish at our yes. 50 people to watch photo
2: shoot with Dean Bradshaw. Ah! Yes. Yes.
0: That was my second. No, I think that was my first 50 people to watch that I did working at this company. And we had you come. And it was Dean Bradshaw who moved to L.A. and is like a big time photographer. <laughs> big now. time now. Big time. So he comes. We rent this studio somewhere. And North you, County. Yes, up in North County, and it was like a very fun photo shoot, and there's 50 cool people, and we're yeah. shooting them, and Dean got you to hold up a huge, giant fish that you brought in a cooler, Yeah, a big and you kissed tail. it for like 20 minutes. We're like, kiss it like this, kiss it sad, kiss it happy, turn around, oh, kiss yeah, it from this angle. And oh, yeah, was game Oh, my
1: God, you got the second base with that fish.
0: And then that photo was around for a long, I mean, you used that photo, and we yeah. used that photo, and it's been around, so I do, I do take credit for the concert. Yeah, so <laughs> or Dean probably should. We, you should probably pay him a royalty. We, t- we t-
2: switched we switched the fish to a, to a tuna, because the it. other one was a, a yellow tail which is a a jack family but um yeah and so the great if you take that can and you shake it it'll thud 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 Oh yeah it's a solid pack of tuna so when you take it out it's a solid hand pack it's not a bunch of pieces and stuff like that and this is in honor of uh now now i'm gonna start crying and everything yeah of all the fishermen who uh
1: you want me to talk buddy
2: Help me out here trying to lose my uh, uh, right, right. So, this is (laughs) of all the fishermen that have been lost at sea and those that uh, are no longer uh, with us and fishing, so coming from one of their own, yeah. And um, San Diego, being at one time the largest fishing fleet in the world, I, I can honestly tell you that I had absolutely no idea that that label was coming up.
0: So it's, well, you he, guys will see, but didn't. it's Tommy's face kissing a fish on the front. This is a product coming from Catalina Offshore, right? And right. are you guys packing it here? What's the deal? Where do we buy this? How do we get it?
2: So we offload this fish in San Diego and Point Loma, uh-huh. and then we take it to Catalina Offshore. We loan it loin it out, and then we send it up to Oregon, where it's packed up there, and then it's shipped back down here. So it's, it's an American boat. Packed in America, offloaded in America, canned in America, and the only other company that can make that claim, I believe, is all-American brand albacore, which is a pole in line, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and we're a hook in line. And See, it says I, right
0: on there, American flag on the side, it says USA wild caught, and I love that it's packed in olive oil. That's so much more flavor and yeah. keeps it so much like more but moist. But it,
2: yeah. it was pretty... Um, It took me by complete surprise when I saw that. That's got to be kind of a cool Nobody really informed me of what was (laughs) going on. He's looking at Rebecca as his (laughs) handler. His and handler. His, Did you hear him say that? His
1: handler. <laughs> so the basic story for me as a food writer is this. Is that you know, canned tuna has been marginalized in That's America so cool. as this commodified prod- product that is really just subpar, you know, mm-hmm. and isn't managed very well and isn't local or sustainable or high quality or anything else. And now we have the most high quality, sustainable seafood operation in San Diego, if not one in the pl- uh, on the planet, you know, canning tuna. It's going to cost you three bucks more and it's going to be absolutely worth it where can i find
2: this tommy uh here at catalina offshore you can find it at jensen seaside market ask uh, james chef james montajana our friend up there and uh other specialty shops in and around the the city but it is it is going to cost you a little bit more simply because real food costs more good seafood's not cheap Mm -hmm. cheap seafood's not good know your source (laughs) ask questions and i mean with a face like that on the label it should be canned ham but I
0: love it I love it well Tommy thank you for coming in and joining us on the podcast I feel like we could have 17 episodes with you we definitely could (laughs) We, we need to have a history episode I've decided um But hang around a little bit. We've got a couple minutes left. Um, We are going to talk about it. Well, I guess we'll just run through these quickly, these hot topics, and then um, we will tell you guys all what we've been eating and drinking lately. Okay, quickly, this one's interesting because I bet you knew him, Tommy, um, that San Diego chef Andrew Bent, who worked at Chez Panisse, Tender Greens, Tiger Tiger, Carnitas, and Puesto. Oh, he landed a chef role at Noma, Mexico, which is like the biggest deal ever. It's a pop-up of the renowned Noma in Copenhagen. And I guess these pop-up dinners um, that are currently happening, it's in Mexico City, right?
3: I don't know exactly where in Mexico. Uh,
0: I think maybe it's Mexico City. I will
3: link to it in the post. We'll though.
0: find that out. And I guess it's two and a half hours long and it's $1,500 for two people for the pop-up. But Noma is like the best restaurant in the world, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, Noma is, you know, wow. Copenhagen. I mean, it's been named the best restaurant, um, you know, on San Pellegrino's list, of the top 150 or 100 restaurants in the world. Wow. I think two or, two or three times in the last five years, you know, fantastic. I mean, it is the hottest restaurant in the world. So. And, and now the, they're doing and a pop-up with and a the San way, Diego chef. And the way Way that Andrew Bent got this was that he he messaged Noma founder on Instagram.
4: See,
3: you gotta go no you gotta go for it. Is that true? It's yeah. true.
2: That's true. I
1: mean, granted, you gotta have a, you have to have a resume like I Andrew Bennett,
3: but still, go for it. Yeah.
0: Wow, go for it. That man. is so cool. Okay, well, we'll link to that so you guys can see who that is. And then here, speaking of tech and Instagram, Pinterest has launched a something called a Shazam for food feature on HBO Silicon Valley. This was well, an no, idea from a storyline in the yeah, show called so Seafood. The
3: the show ate, um, on HBO Silicon Valley, they had this app. It was called Seafood. S E E mm-hmm. food, and it was basically Shazam for food. And Pinterest actually launched basically that feature. They said it was purely coincidental. And the Pinterest version, it's like a recipe finding feature. So it, use, it, it you look at the computer, you, it detects whatever the dish is, and then you point your smartphone at it and it tells you the recipe. Wait, what?
0: What? So if I'm eating something delicious and I go, yeah. I don't know how to make this, and you put your phone on it, it tells you how to make it? Yeah, You.
3: I haven't actually activated it on my Pinterest and app
0: yet. And then it just prints
1: like, it out for you. I mean, wow. this is I, so, <laughs>
3: I mean, I'm not surprised. But I do think about that.
0: Happen. I think, what is in this? So many times I eat something and I go, "What is that? Why does that taste so much better uh-huh. than when I make it?" I would mm-hmm.
1: love to know. I know that that is absolutely great. Shazam scre- cre- 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 creeped me out the first time I saw it. All right, <laughs> it Never like,
0: works for oh, me. Well, how did that? It works every I, time. I I love it. I use it all the time. Oh, yeah, I mean, if
3: you
2: isn't so that like those photos where it says, "This is what the recipe looked like," and you you make all these really fancy cupcakes and then. This is what it actually yeah. came up to be. <laughs> Pinterest and fail. You have these <laughs> scary cupcake <laughs> horrors. Yes. It looks like a dead That'll, body. It'll be yeah. hashtag
0: seafood fail. That's what See? it'll be if it doesn't work. <laughs> but those people aren't stupid. They must have tested it. So Interesting. Okay, well, we will link to that as well. Hey, and go
1: I, ahead. A really quick hot topic. I want to kind of turn it over to Tommy here. Yeah. What is the biggest thing you've read about seafood? In terms of like, the industry or in terms of like, news recently?
2: Um besides the black market, the scams, the mislabeling and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. The mislabeling, we talked about that on the podcast a couple weeks ago. That's a big deal. Where you like the percentage of times in a restaurant that you order a fish and you actually get that fish.
2: Yeah. And, and they're not putting something else in front of you. Oh, the biggest thing that hit the hit it lately was um uh the price fixing on tuna for some of the major, major canneries. Did you know that Starkist Kiss Charlie tuna? Mm-hmm. It's owned by the Koreans now.
1: Oh no! There's way. not
2: an American cannery. Wow! Starkiss, Ralston, Brew, Tr- Purina, AJ Hines, Checkerboard Square. Not yeah. even in the U.S. anymore, and yeah. they're they're all gone. Wow! But yeah, seafood. The uh, price fixing was a big one. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks ago, that hit which, seafood source. Which means magazine. what? Um, they Call got each it. other. They were sitting around a table. And they said, okay, this is what we're going to do on the pricing. And okay, yeah, we agree. And so the fishermen went out, and that's what they got when when they came in, was that price locked in, which isn't unusual. I mean, you could leave the dock and the price, say the price is $2,000 a ton, mm-hmm. and you come back, and it's $1,300 a ton. That's part of the game. But they fixed it so low that. Oh, yeah.
1: that's, a, that's nicer fishermen. Yeah. That's great. Just get back from a, you know, like (laughs) weeks on
2: on the water, months on the water. Yeah, do a 130 day trip and come back. Yeah, well, it just cuts off
0: all your negotiating and all your whatever, right? Yeah. Interesting. Um, so be good
1: people out there. Don't fix prices. And They're
0: and if you're a consumer, a start bit. to accept that, like you said, good seafood does cost and good real food. Money. As we've talked
1: about a lot on this podcast, it's just cost more. That's, all t- right? that's tough. I, you have to spend more for good food mm-hmm. if you want it. If you have the economic ability to care about what's really going into your body, you need to make money for that. If you can make money, you, if you can make enough to spend thirty dollars on going to a movie and getting some popcorn, you can probably save some of that and you know watch some on Netflix and get good food for your family.
2: But you can eat better by eating less. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Eat better by eating less. Spend a little bit more. Eat less. Eat better. Mm -hmm. Rather than having to eat something that just sits
1: there exactly Mm and you don't have to be so protein centric and if you're not so protein centric and you have more vegetables and you have more um, grains and everything else you can afford to buy a really Mm -hmm. good sustainable seafood Mm -hmm. you know because you're just not eating as much i mean here in america we put that 15 ounce t-bone steak on our plate and we put two little florets of broccoli
2: and we're (laughs) like yeah (laughs) why does this cost so much it's 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 funny that you say that and i'm god i hope dave's not listening (laughs) because i've had people come in and they say, "Hey, Tom, you know, Tommy, I don't have a whole lot of money, but I, I want to introduce my kids to good seafood, and so, and, and I'll drop the price, right. and I'll bring them yeah. over to the case, and I'll go, you know, I got this and this. So hold on, let me check in the back, and we'll have a couple of racks of broken fillets sure. or something like that. Yeah. I go, you know what? Just take this for a couple of bucks and yeah. introduce your kids to some seafood, and bring them in, and we can educate them and show them how to make stuff. And I mean, that's what food is all about. If you if you don't have a lot of something." You'll always have a little bit of food to give somebody to show love and appreciation and honor them. I love exactly. That. I
0: love that. Okay, in terms of honoring people with food, so we we <laughs> always end with a segment called two People, Fifty Bucks." If you had fifty bucks to spend, two people going out, where would you recommend they go? Do you have a recommendation uh,
2: for Italian food? I hate to say it, but Valari's Restaurant, home of the red sauce, been around for over fifty years. They have plastic tablecloths. There is awesome.
0: that the one on Barnett
2: by the adult bookstore. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't comment on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's yes. that's that one. Okay, we'll we'll link to that. That is mm-hmm. sort of an old school. That's a cool spot. Yeah.
2: Anything? Uh, you uh, I went to the Hive
0: um, off around Convoy, a new place after I last week I talked about going to Facing East and we stopped by the Hive afterwards. I didn't eat the food, though. I had drinks, but it was a very interesting place. It's like 13 private karaoke rooms, big like food hall kind of thing in the middle with a very odd menu, but lots of different stuff. And then like a full cocktail program and like whiskey barrels and stuff. And then an arcade. It was it was very interesting. Again,
1: experiential dining. Yeah, I would yeah. love to say that I had two people fifty bucks this week, but to be yeah. quite honest with you, I ate at three restaurants this week, and all of them were really underwhelming. Oh. So I, it was which three happens. New, it, yeah, it was three new restaurants, and you Life kind of go there sometimes, credit. and you are like, okay, thanks. Yeah. now I just wasted like three days of decade. Okay. That's right. Okay. Okay. okay.
0: Well, we're just about at the end here of the um, Happy Half Hour podcast. We've coming at you from San Diego Magazine, and we do have to plug our big Best Restaurants issue. It's mm-hmm. Troy's big issue of the year he picks his favorites critics picks our readers picked their favorites and how many categories was it like it was something like... 75,000. It was like 80-something. Yeah. 80-something yeah. category. So it's just, it's a really good one to pick up if you see it at the grocery store because it'll just give you a whole list of marching orders of cool new places to try and it all favorites. It was a fun year
1: to eat, I'll tell you that. I and mean, there's a lot of closures around San Diego. It was a tough, tough year. Yeah. But there was also some really surprisingly good um, restaurants that popped up.
0: And both of the ones that ended up making the cover, we did dual covers for this issue. We did sort of like a, a healthy, like a poke cover and then like fries with a fried egg on top cover. Both of those restaurants I had never even heard of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always kind of fun to be surprised and yeah. stuff so P-
1: Poke is is coming hard on San Diego. I mm-hmm. mean it is you're going to see it about 4,000 of them which makes sense. I mean we have good seafood. Right Tommy? We do. All right. Yeah, nice. Okay,
0: thanks so much again. Tommy Gomes from Catalina Offshore. If you guys haven't been in, definitely um, stop in and pay them a visit. Check out the new cans of Catalina's Choice, solid packed tuna and olive oil. And, and pick up your San Diego magazine. Pick up your San Diego magazine. Call David if you want to sponsor this podcast.
1: Best Restaurants is out right now. And if you see an 18% service charge on your next restaurant visit, just pay it and don't be a jerk about it. Thanks. <laughs> okay.
0: Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye.